We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yue Xu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating where we get to the bottom of why people do the things they do when it comes to dating. We want to know the why, why, why. This has been a great first week of like, I think, reopening. I feel like everyone's out and about now. Yeah, but it's ironic because we're hitting literally a, a year mark from when this all started. <laughs> so happy two week anniversary slash one year of what we are. You remember those days when everyone's like, oh, this will be done in two weeks. Oh, I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that. I was like, this is going to be six to eight months. That that was my guess. Yeah, you did. And I was like, don't say that. That's depressing. <laughs> But here we are. But no, it's definitely like a different vibe for sure. Like I feel like last weekend, I kind of almost like felt like it was like a similar vibe going out wise to pre-COVID days. Yes, people were like out, but it felt just like much more congested and like the bar yes. scene was like kind of crazy. And I'm like, I actually kind of liked life in COVID. Me too. <laughs> Obviously, I don't want the disease and all that and the fear of going out. But I think for me, I realized that I hit like I mean I kind of realized this pre-COVID that like I kind of outgrew some of the party life that I once did mm-hmm. and I feel like it's a weird place because I'm like single but like don't want to be doing like single type behaviors kind of I don't know there was actually this quote I found and put it on Instagram and I'm like this sums up exactly how I feel so much I'm gonna pull it up for a second in case people aren't following us this is your <laughs> reminder but it was I don't miss bars but I do miss going somewhere with the potential to meet someone. No, I actually never met anyone, but still. (laughs) That sums it up. Because it's like, in your mind, you're like, if I'm sitting at home watching Netflix, like, I can't meet anyone. But then when you're there, like, do you actually meet anyone? But 
Anyways, <laughs> I think what people do like about going out is always the possibility of yes, meeting someone. Totally, you never know, and it gives you this false sense of abundance. Like there's a lot of options out there because you、mm-hmm. see them out and about. But the success rate is pretty damn low. At least in my book, it was. Oh yeah, I mean, like I'm like I've taken inventory of like past boyfriends, and I mean I have met people through friends of friends, like at、mm-hmm. bars. So I do think there is a viable. Path that way, but I cannot recall like since college, like or right after college, like a time where someone random came up to me in the bar and it like became something. Like I can literally count on my hands the times that's happened. To me. Yeah, I mean nothing more than a casual makeout. Yeah, <laughs> might be it. I mean that's actually a good segue to our episode this week because this episode we definitely, I mean we talked to UA's friends, so I want you to give people the backstory a little too on here. But what part of it? It was like this whole thing, like you know, just the evolution of your own self too. Like he started off, I think you would describe as more of like a player type、mm-hmm. fuck boy, maybe is the term now. You know, like someone that's just not really you don't see his commitment oriented. But now he's married, so there was obviously an evolution that happened. And I think one of the questions we pose on this episode, or just in general, that comes up all the time, is like, is it the right person or the right time that kind of Like switches that for people. He is the anomaly that we've always <laughs> wanted to understand, right? He is the guy that I've known Jesse ever since he just graduated from college. So ever since he was like just entering into his、mm-hmm. adult world, and I'm good friends with his older sister. And I remember just thinking, this kid at the time he was just a kid. This kid is going to be trouble because he was like <laughs> hitting on all of her friends. Has so. Much confidence, no qualms about approaching women, and. A few years later,、uh, my friend was like, "Oh, Jesse's doing really well. He moved to San Francisco, very successful, and really like just loving the nightlife there." And I remember telling Ju- this Julie, our Julie, about because <laughs> his sister's name is Julie too. I remember telling you, Julie, about him, and I was like, "This guy is trouble." I knew he was going to be trouble. <laughs> he wasn't even the type of player who would try to、uh, trick you into a relationship and then. Say、yeah. peace out. He he was just so honest. Like, listen, I'm not looking for a relationship. I'm、right. looking for fun. And girls just flocked to him,、oh, even、totally. though he was so noncommittal. And every time I met up with him, he'd be with a different girl who was、oh, just、yep. swooning over him, obsessed with him, trying to change him. And he was just so honest. Like, listen, I'm not trying to get tied down. And then I finally had to text our Julie, and I was like, Julie, I have some news. Jesse is engaged. <laughs> How is this? Possible? I know. I, like I don't know Jesse. I met him once in one、mm-hmm. of your dance classes, but I remember like all these years, you would always like use him as like the example of like you know like that guy that got tons of girls, but like didn't want to settle down. So when you did tell me, I was like, oh, interesting. Like yeah, just you know things things do shift for people, and I think that actually is an interesting moment because like I don't know about you, UA, but I can actually pinpoint the time that it did shift for me when、mm-hmm. I went from not 
wanting a relationship to wanting a relationship. And I mean, to the question, is it like the right time or the right person? Like, obviously, listen to this episode, but Jesse's future wife, they did meet in this stage. Mm -hmm. So I think there is kind of an element of both. Like, I think it definitely was her that pushed him to change. But I also think that like, like you could point and say like, well, he met her years ago. So obviously, some of it was the place of where he was. And I think travel, like we talk about this on the episode, like he did take this time to travel. And I think that does change people a lot. And Mm -hmm. I know I have like a good friend that took time abroad and came back and was like, okay, I'm ready for like a serious relationship now. And I think sometimes like when you get stuff out of your system, that's like when things change for you. Like I know for me, when I first moved to SF, like I had zero desire to be in a relationship. Like Mm -hmm. honestly, like I would, I would mean, I hooked up with people. I would like go out. Like I had friends with benefits. Like I had this guy actually from my high school, which was super ironic, but it was like just what I needed when I moved across the country. Cause it was kind of like a reminder of home that was like not committal at all, but I wasn't looking for that. Like I wanted to just like, you know, build a life for myself, make friends, go out. And then I'd like hit him up at 2 a.m. and I was totally fine with it. Mm -hmm. And then one person did shift me. I did date him for a bit, but it wasn't some like a serious relationship. But I think some of it was like, I was more settled in my life at that stage when I did have that shift. And I remember just like cuddling with him. Like this was like someone that was more like a casual relationship with. And I remember like cuddling and being like, oh, I actually like like this and I like want this. And that like Mm. definitely propelled me to like use like Match.com back in the day and like really start to actually date like an adult. Mm, Interesting. You know, I've pondered this question for so long now because I really feel like my boyfriend right now is so similar to my boyfriend at 25 who proposed (laughs) to me. So I kind of went full circle. But when I was 25, I didn't appreciate all the qualities Mm. that he offered. Also, I kept thinking, what else is out there? Mm -hmm. I'm only 25. I'm about to settle down with this guy. And that's why when he proposed to me, I had that very visceral reaction of no. Like, I'm not settling down yet. But I think once I got to a point where I felt like I had seen things and I had done things, I was ready for something more consistent. Then the right person came along after the Mm -hmm. timing piece was set into place. So to me, it felt like timing came first and then the person. Yeah, well, I actually found this, like, ironically, you know how I just love to use, like, TikTok in my spare time. Oh, my God. Julie's all about the TikTok. I've literally never... Like I've posted like once or twice on our dateable account, but I don't, I'm not like someone that goes out and makes TikToks, but I just like, it's one of those like weird single behaviors that I like do in my spare time when I'm bored. I'm just like, what are these people doing out there? You are TikTok's <laughs> ideal customer. Seriously. Really you're like, you're always on it. You share it. You don't, you're not trying to get famous on TikTok. Nope. You're, <laughs> you purely use it as an entertainment platform. It's fascinating to me. Actually thinking about this a little bit of a tangent, but do you remember that? Sex of the City episode when like Carrie's moving in with Aiden and she's like, oh my god, now I have to cover up my like weird single behavior. Oh, but yes, and yes. I don't know. Did have you ever like felt that way with your current boyfriend? But I was like thinking about like the weird shit I do alone, and I'm like definitely mm. endlessly like scrolling TikToks and just like laughing to myself is pretty kind of fucking weird. Like I mean, <laughs> maybe if like I was with someone and we could do it together, it wouldn't be as weird. But that and just I also have like a total lacrosse. Um, obsession like addiction I want to say like (laughs) 
Because I like used to drink Diet Coke and I phased that out completely, which is great. That's good. Yeah. But now I replace it with like bubbly water. But the uh-huh. thing is, like, I will like forget to finish it and then it will like get flat. So I'll like have another one. So I'm just like constantly going through them. Actually, maybe this is a weird single behavior because like I remember like when my ex was like quarantining with me, he's like, oh, I don't think we have enough LaCroix here. Like, we're not going to survive. <laughs> we're not going to survive this quarantine. <laughs> So, but anyways, I have those are my two. (laughs) You're so basic, Julie. I know. I know. I'm like saying it out loud. I'm like, wow, I sound fucking basic. Like, I guess I don't have that weird a behavior. Did you have anything that you like were like, I can't do this now? I mean, the only thing that I've been called out on is I love to drink out of different glasses and Mm. then leave them, just leave stuff in there still. Like, I can never finish a glass of water or a glass of wine. I just always leave a little bit something at the bottom. And it comes from this weird. Really strange, childish behavior where I used to think like there are bugs at the bottom of my glass. So I would never drink the bottom of it. I think it's because I found a bug once when I was like six. And ever since then, I will not, never drink the bottom of a glass. So I just leave shit around. And my boyfriend's always like, Do you have enough glasses? Like, yeah. are you going to drink? Are you going to finish any of them? But I've been called out on that before too by yeah. my mother. So I'm, <laughs> I am Same. aware. My mother also calls me out of the unfinished LaCroix. So similar. <laughs> oh, you don't finish the No, LaCroix? I don't. That's the problem. I don't finish it and then it gets flat. Uh, so I open another one and it's just Oh, like a, you're a LaCroix waster. I am. I am. That's why I go through them so much. But anyways, <laughs> very tangent, but on my, you know, wake up and look at TikTok, I actually saw something from Matthew Hussey that I thought was mm. like actually so relevant to this episode. I'm like, he like read my mind that we're about to do this intro. But okay. he had a video that said, right person is both right and ready. He doesn't believe in the one, but that people mm-hmm. can become the one who is right for you. So mm-hmm. he's basically like saying like, when you have this, like, is it the wrong person, a right person, wrong time conversation, like they're essentially never going to be the right person because you need to be right and ready. So I've definitely fallen victim to that, that I'm like, oh, it's the right person, but we're just like not in the right time. I mean, I've obviously tried to restart things with my most serious ex multiple times because Mm -hmm. of that. And I think like it's finally taken me to realize like it's never going to be the right person. Like the Mm -hmm. timing doesn't ever seem to resolve the stuff. So yeah, I think with this, like this episode, like I think there's definitely an element of right person and right time. There is something that I've been talking to some of my uh, coworkers about recently is this mentality of when other things in your life are not going as planned, Mm -hmm. you take it out on the thing that is going well. So even when you meet the right person and you do want to be with them, if other things in your life are not going the way that you really want them to go, you will sabotage that relationship because it's the one thing that is going well and you feel like you can take it out on them. Mm. So I do think the timing also comes from you feeling really good about where your life is today. Mm -hmm. And then you're able to foster a much healthier relationship. Oh, a hundred percent, like a hundred percent. Like I know for myself personally, but then also like the examples of my ex that was, I guess, right person, wrong time, but maybe wrong person overall, if you're going to look at it that way, it had nothing to do with our relationship, all of it. Mm -hmm. Like it was his own personal stuff. And like, obviously I'm not going to go into what that was, but like now for me, when I'm looking for a partner, someone that is happy in their current life is like 
a, a huge thing I'm huge. looking for. Like, I think it's oh like, it's the balance of you're happy in your current life, but you're willing to make room for someone. And that actually yes. is a hard balance to find. And I've been noticing it a lot during this quarantine. Like, I don't know. I don't know why I keep saying quarantine. Like, we're not even in quarantine anymore. <laughs> I guess like sure this entire like 2021, like I have like no perception of time anymore. But like this whole lockdown, life isn't as normal time, I guess I'll call it that. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of people using dating apps that are bored and like feel unfulfilled and like are using it to fill time. And I think for me, I'm like, I, I don't want to be with that person. Like I want to be with the person that's like, likes their life as it is, like has a great like base of like friends and family and support outside mm -hmm. of romantic. But they also want to make room for that romantic person because I've also come across the people who are just too damn busy and like that doesn't work either yeah you almost want the person i mean you i wouldn't say you want the person you should be the person where, who's not trying to fill a void yes. or looking for someone to come into your life to make things better you should be in a place where you are so feeling so good about things that you want to share these things with someone. And I think I found personally for myself when I really want to share memories and experiences with someone, that's when I really meet someone special. Totally. So yeah, I mean, I guess like we could debate the right person, right time all day long. But I'm going to go in now with this mindset of the right person is also the right time. Mm -hmm. I like that. It's a good discussion to have because it makes you in take inventory of your previous relationships. How did you get them? What were you doing? What was your life like at the time that you were in that relationship? It's a good way to kind of analyze like your your mm -hmm. behavior patterns, I guess. Yeah. And I think like also like this episode, like I mean, Jesse is definitely like that quintessential person that like did not give dating that much thought. Right. Like he definitely was intentional about the way he approached Cassie, his now wife, for sure. But he was not like intentional about like going on dates to find a mm -hmm. relationship or to find marriage. And I thought his perspective was actually really good because I, I mean, I think there's multiple, you know, varieties of men and women. So this is like overgeneralizing. But I do think there are kind of two core people. There's like the people that like fall into relationships when it is the right time for them. And then there's the people that are like so proactively looking for relationships. It's like kind of like what you're saying the balance of being open but not so open that you're like don't have a life like if your entire life revolves around dating like people are gonna see that there is a point in this interview with jesse where we say you broke all the dating rules and he's <laughs> like i did he had no idea he's just <laughs> like i had no idea there were even dating rules i really love this episode because he he wrote his own rules. He wrote his own way of dating. And he comes, like you were saying, Julie, like there's no preconceived notions about dating. Mm -hmm. He basically was like, I'm not going to get married until proven otherwise. And then he got proven otherwise. Mm -hmm. So it's a great conversation. He is the guy I wish I would have known when I was going through that serial dating loop and trying to get out. I wish I had heard this story then because I think it would have made me feel a lot lot better about taking things not so personally. Mm-hmm. For sure. Cool. So should we do a quick announcements this week? Yeah. 
We have a live stream this Thursday, so definitely check it out. This is available for all our community members in the Love in the Time of Corona group. It's going to be at 5.30 p.m. PST, 8.30 p.m. EST, just for half an hour. It's a quick check-in. It's a really great way to just like kind of live chat with all your community members. People have said it's like the chat on steroids before, so it's always like a a really fun time. Um, So that's one announcement. Other announcements that we have quickly is that we recently dropped a new audio in our series for the sounding board all about managing setbacks, which Mm -hmm. I feel like is actually like we didn't even plan it this way, but I feel like it's the perfect follow on for Janice's episode last week of dating trauma, which got an overwhelming response. So if you haven't listened to that one, definitely get on that. Um, And then also in the sounding board, just two other things that are coming up. We have Logan Yuri is actually going to be gracing us with her presence in the book club. We do a book club every month. And usually we don't have the authors come to the book club. It's uh, Gisela, one of our hosts in the sounding board. She wanted to do a book club. So we kind of put her in charge of the book club. But this month, she'll actually be joined with Logan herself. So if you've read How to Not Die Alone by Logan Yuri, we had her on the podcast a couple episodes. And you're in the sounding board. Awesome. Definitely check that out this coming Thursday after the live stream. And if you're not in the sounding board yet, you can go to datablepodcast.com slash sounding board. Definitely want to check it out because we also have Ken Page, who is one of our crowd favorites um, coming to the Datable After Show. So yeah, you can get all the information there. You've probably heard us talk about the sounding board many times, but if you're new, definitely go to the website and check it out. And if you've been on the edge, maybe this is the time. It's a lot of good stuff coming up. I understand that if you're new coming into our podcast, this is all really overwhelming. Like, what's the sounding board? Who's Ken Page? How? Why should I not die alone? Uh, I think it's a. <laughs> I think it's it's a good time to acknowledge. Like, first of all, thank you so much for being a new listener. We always love having new listeners to keep us in check, too, right? To keep our perspective fresh. And if you have any questions about any of these offerings, feel free to DM us. We can be found on Facebook. You can just DM us through the Facebook app, or you can find us on Instagram and you can DM us there. We actually check all of the messages. And if you have any questions regarding anything that we do, that is the place to do it. Yep. All right. And then shall we go to our sponsors? Let's do it. Yay. This episode is made possible by one of our favorites, BetterHelp. Thank you so much, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode. What are some things that you like to change in your life to find more happiness? What do you think is preventing you from achieving these goals? The simple answer, at least in our eyes, is you got to prioritize your mental health. We at Datable are huge fans of therapy and BetterHelp can match you with your own licensed therapist and connect you in a safe and private online environment. I was able to start communicating with my therapist in less than 48 hours. So boom, you get connected and you're ready to go. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. Their licensed professionals specialize in everything from stress, setbacks, dating trauma. So for the new year, we wish for all of you to live a happier life. And that's why as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com datable. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash datable. Awesome. Okay, so shall we get to Jesse and Cassie's story? I know you're all waiting for it. Can't wait. Let's go. (music) 
love works in very mysterious ways. And sometimes it's, we can't explain it. And for our guest for this episode, I guess as someone who's watched their love story unfold, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of holes that are missing in my head of how do I connect the dots? And also a lot of, wait, what moments? Like, how did this happen? When did this happen? (laughs) So we're going to get to the bottom of it. But end of the day, we're trying to get to the story of how two people went from a solid friendship to now happily married and so in love. So first we've got Jesse. He is he is someone I've known Jesse for a long time. And <laughs> I would have described Jesse in his single days as this non-committal playboy <laughs> who had a shit ton of fun, who I thought was just out there to explore the world and to explore the dating life internationally, not just in the U.S. He's an international man of mystery. He currently lives in Carmel. He's 32 years old, originally from Orange County, and he is now married. Married. Jesse, what's up? (laughs) What's up, UA? (laughs) Definitely locked down. (laughs) Locked down in a very good way. But happy in a good way. Yes, absolutely. I am so curious to hear how you went from playboy to committed. Like, what was your life before, Cassie? As someone coming fresh on this. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean... um, that's fairly accurate. Um, I always had the mindset uh, right after college of I'm not going to get into a serious relationship unless I was really crazy about the girl. Um, I just didn't see the point. I saw a lot of my friends are in these sort of half-assed relationships where they were like, you know, lukewarm and they were kind of like, oh, this is great. This is convenient. But I just didn't see the point of that. I never did. Um, I didn't really have a a true serious girlfriend in college or after college. And certainly my parents and some friends were a little bit like, "Uh, (laughs) are you ever going to get married? Are you going to settle down? Like, what's your deal? Like, are you just going to, you know, travel the world and be single? But I guess um, a good place to start would be uh, while I was living in San Francisco, I had actually met Cassie. Um, and we had a, um, what I call at the time, a very ideal relationship, which was, you know, a kind of a no strings attached, very casual dating. Okay. So you were those types of friends, not just friends. Well, you know, yeah. Um, (laughs) and we were on the same page, uh, at least in the start. Uh, it was great. I, I always felt she was uh, a really cool girl, but my head was never in a place of, you know, this could potentially be a relationship material. I was just like, oh, just having fun. Da, da, da. And actually, that's that's the kind of relationship that dating experts will warn you that would never blossom into a re- real mm-hmm. relationship, right? Yep. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> you proved well, them wrong, Jesse. <laughs> exactly. So this was uh, this was about 2014. Uh, we, we had met um, and so went on some dates, this and that. Uh, in the start, you'll talk to her later, so you'll get you'll get her side of it. But um, <laughs> it's sort of it was an off and on kind of thing. Um, and then finally, you know, she was basically like, "Look, if you're not going to get serious about this, like, you know, go kick rocks." Mm-hmm. Um, and at the at the time, I was like, "Well, you know, a little sad because I did like her deep down inside. I didn't really know how to access that part of my you know brain or body then." But 
I let it go and I was like, okay, well, you know, she's someone I think would be worth staying friends with, right? Now this is about 2016, I decide to leave the United States uh, to go travel the world. And I was gone um, completely. I had moved out everything um, end of 2016. And we stayed in touch, you know, just the same way you would stay in touch with a friend uh, over Instagram or Snapchat or, or text message, you know, exchanging a, a photo here or a text there and everything like that. And it was interesting because uh, now our relationship had sort of shifted where in the beginning it was almost entirely, you know, very physical and not so much, you know, substantial or conversational. Um, There was that, but it wasn't, you know, so much of that. And now you have where we literally can't be next to each other or separated by many miles. And so we just start chatting and sending each other articles and just, you know, talking about this, talking about that, talking about wine. Wine, it was a a big part um, of our conversations. We sort of always liked it, but we sort of started getting into it uh, Mm. on a deeper level more and more. Cassie was getting into uh, wine clubs back at home, going to Napa. I was visiting different wine regions around the world and getting really, really into it. And really, really drunk. I thought that's where that was going. (laughs) You know, first that was what I liked best about wine was getting drunk of course but um, <laughs> no now it was it was actually learning about it I was uh, in Tasmania and Australia chatting with these uh, you know winemakers and understanding so much about the soil and about the flavors and their passion was exuding and, and uh, I was mm-hmm. absorbing it and it was so awesome and so I'm going to all these great wine regions around the world Australia and New Zealand and Europe and South America and how do I save this wine I'm a nomad I have a backpack right you know I can't really bring this wine home and so I'm casually chatting with Cassie and she's like well why don't we just split a case you send me a case I have this great wine fridge at home I'll store Mm. half the bottles you know so I get half you get half she has access to all these great wine regions I have a place to store it I said great this is amazing this is a great little partnership (laughs) so started in Rioja in Spain and I would send her a a case of wine home and she would store it and we'd split it Um, and then the next place uh, in New Zealand and the next place uh, South America and so and so on and so on. And we had this little collection going and and over time, um, I was realizing like, wow, her and I have a lot in common. I mean, clearly <laughs> wine passion and, and one, but like, you know, everything like humor and smarts mm-hmm. and the way that we would talk about different articles and, you know, New Yorkers and cartoons sending memes like, and I was like, wow, this is, this is something here. This is pretty cool. And, you know, here I am traveling the world, meeting tons of new people, like learning tons about myself and uh, just what I want later in life. And I'm like, damn, this is something I probably should, you know, pay a little bit closer attention to. Jesse, you know what's so funny? Because while you were traveling the world, because I'm friends with Jesse's sister, I remember <laughs> talking to her. We were texting back and forth, and I was like, I just don't see Jesse ever being locked down because he is traveling the world. He's a free bird. He is just exploring the world by himself. And any girl who can really get with Jesse would have to be on board with his lifestyle. And she was like, I know, our whole family has given up on him. And I remember telling you, Julie, the same thing. I was like, Jesse has gone rogue, but like in a good way. Jesse's out exploring the world. And I just, I think he's going to be a lifer when it comes to his bachelorhood. Wait, so Jesse, I'm curious, like what, like 
did you how did you see yourself shifting like do you think it was the travel do you think it was like where do you think it was that you went like you were just saying that maybe there's more that you want with Cass first I'll talk to to, to Yui's point you're not alone with thinking that uh, <laughs> you're a forever you know bachelor and traveler around the world and you know what I was I was starting to get okay with that and get comfortable with that I really was. I, I thought that, you know what, if the right girl doesn't come along and I don't have, you know, feelings of trying to get married, then so be it. It's, I would rather have that and be solo my whole life mm-hmm. and fly solo and travel the world than compromise and, mm-hmm. and settle for something that is not everything I want. So I was okay with that. Now, Julie, to your, to your point, when did I know? There were, there were a couple key moments in our journey together. The first was we agreed that we would go on a, uh, a cruise to Antarctica just as friends. Um, and actually, a few other friends were joining us too. So it was just going to be like a group trip. Um, so there was that. Then later on, there was, uh, I threw a, a birthday party in San Luis Obispo um, and had invited her. And uh, there was a lot of our friends there and everything. And it was one of the first times that we were back in the same area after traveling around the world mm. and coming back. And so now you have all this, you know, these exchange texts and da, 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 and, and now actually putting it all together. That's when I was starting to hit home like, wow, you know, the attraction is still there. The attraction piece, which is so important, right? Mm-hmm. That's there plus all this other um, amazing connection that we had developed remotely. You know, almost like a you got mail situation where you're, you're, you're chatting <laughs> <laughs> a modern day you got mail situation. And it was at that point I was like, wow, holy shit. Like this is this could be, you know, this could totally change my life thinking back then. And then it was some more time away. Six, seven months later uh, on that cruise to Antarctica. Actually, I decided to change directions in life and that was it. No more traveling. I was going to do what it would take to, you know, be with Cassie. And I said, you know, I laid my cards on the table and said, this is it. This is, you know, uh, I'm prepared to change everything and move in with you and move home with you. And Holy shit. Yeah, she was was stationed in San Francisco with her job. So, you know, she wasn't going to travel the world. And I was okay with that because I knew that was the most important thing, Mm. you know, our relationship. Traveling will always be there, and I did it, you know, nonstop for two years, and it was amazing. And I could have kept going for sure. I mean, I made it to seventy countries. There's, you know, a hundred plus more, whatever. But that relationship that we had established was more rare and more unique, mm-hmm. and so I needed to really pay attention to that. Um, and so that was that was the end of uh, Nomad Jesse, and he came home. <laughs> so there wasn't really like a pivotal like, oh, I need to be in a relationship. It was more just like I'm really just loving being and talking to Cassie and I just want her in my life. No, I didn't need to be in a relationship. I needed to be in a relationship with her. Mm. That was the difference. Well, the way you put the way you just described this whole experience, traveling the world will always be there. That will mm-hmm. always be an option. The world is not going anywhere. But being with Cassie may not always be there. So you Absolutely. wanted to really grab this opportunity and put some urgency behind it. That is really fascinating. Absolutely. Did you guys have any like talk about being more romantic up until that Antarctica trip? Or did, like when you laid it all out? Or was that the first time? Nope, that was that <laughs> was the first time where I was just, you know, <laughs> we, were, we were sort of there and just like had that conversation where, you know, I was fully expecting or prepared for her to say, no, you want to, <laughs> you had your chance in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, but 
I figured I might as well be vulnerable and lay it all on the line because why not? You know, mm-hmm. worst that can happen is she says no and okay, you know, it sucks, but I would, I'd have my life to go back to and I'd travel the world and keep doing that. But in the event that she felt the same way, then I'd be truly happy and, you know, here we are. And was this conversation specifically about spending your life together or was it just like, let's go back and see what happens? That's a very good question. Given that it was going to change both of our lives, Mm -hmm. you know, at that point, I was pretty sure that she was who I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. Um, I think you kind of have to be (laughs) if you're going to do something that dramatic, right? Did I get on a knee and propose to her at that point without being in a relationship? No. (laughs) But did I say I'm willing to try to give this a real shot if you are? Yeah. That makes sense. I cannot wait to hear her side of this whole thing. I'm so excited. This is such a great story. One just like very logistical question that's been in my mind. Like like before this, you said that you were obviously friends with Benefits and friendly. Like how often were you talking then? And like how much more did that go to when you were abroad? Um, During our time in San Francisco, it was an off and on kind of thing. Date here, date there. Um, And there was, you know, some decent communication back and forth. Always very, a very good time. Very, a lot of fun. You know, a lot of fun hanging out. Uh, When she first met me, she wasn't in a a space that she wanted a, a relationship and vice versa. But when abroad, it was almost like much more depth to our conversations since Mm. you removed the physical aspect entirely. Sounds like quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's all we need from Jesse for for this part. Yeah. I'm super excited to hear from Cassie now. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Me too. Let's get Cassie in the picture here. Hi, Cassie. Were you eavesdropping? I can hear him. I can't hear you <laughs> You're like, I'm literally right next to him. So yeah, so nice to have you join us, Cassie. Now, Cassie's 32 years old. She also lives in Carmel, obviously, with Jesse. And uh, she is originally from the Bay Area, also married to Jesse. <laughs> so I just want to clarify. <laughs> Another secret husband around. <laughs> so, Cassie, we are so curious to know. I've only seen Jesse, like his whole event and heard stories from his sister's point of view. But I'm so curious now from your point of view. So tell us, go through the whole thing. Like, when did you guys meet? What were your first impressions of Jesse? Yeah, I mean, so Jesse and I met in San Francisco. Uh, in all honesty, I probably was his dream girl because I think on the first day we met, I was like, I don't want anything serious. Like, <laughs> I, I had just gotten out of a not great relationship, which isn't typical for me. But I was just kind of at that point of like, I just want to have fun. And mm. you seem like a cool guy and um you know as time went on I got more attached to him as as women do right <laughs> and uh, you know I think when I wanted things to be a little more serious after a while I think he doesn't remember this he says but he you know fell asleep in the middle of the conversation of having a serious conversation <laughs> in terms of like where we were going with this oh. um and so at some point it was like okay for my own sake you know let's let's move on and if we happen to be friends and talk that's great. And if not, um, you know, for my own sanity, I think this is kind of just it's it's not going anywhere in terms of a serious relationship. We've um, all been there. Yep. Yeah. But what was different with him is that I don't know why I just like couldn't really let him go. Mm. Um, he was always kind of that one like I normally clean break don't talk to people, you know, but for some reason with him, it was like maybe because it was never so serious. It never felt like we really needed to like break mm. it in a serious way. And so we would go off and on not talking for lengths of period at a 
time, but we'd somehow always kind of come back to opening it up on some topic that, you know, we both had shared interests in or um, passed a lot of like Miracle articles back and forth. And we had certain things that we somehow would kind of find our way back into each other's conversation. I forgot to ask Jesse on the first time, but how did you guys actually meet the very first time? Yeah, one of his best friends was dating one of my best friends and they were going to meet at the park one Saturday, Washington Square Park. Um, So we packed up our dogs and the wine and met the boys at the park and Jesse was the wingman and I was one of the wing wing women and we just kind of hit it off. Ended up kind of hanging out the whole night. I see Jesse like a big sister perspective. So I have my own opinions of what the old Jesse was like. I love to hear how you would describe Jesse before marriage and before (laughs) being in a relationship with him. Oh man, I'm trying to think of the right word. Um, He was very independent, very like nice guy. He wanted everyone to have a good time, but he also wanted to be having a good time. And so he, you know, after party would be at his pad and he'd, you know, always be very social and kind of wanting everyone to hang out. But he was definitely um, enjoying himself, right? He was a successful guy, had his own really nice bachelor pad in San Francisco, and I think was just kind of all about Jesse, in all honesty, which isn't a bad thing, right? It's kind of normal, especially at that age. But um, yeah, that's how I would would describe it. (laughs) Let's just take a quick break from Jesse and Cassie's amazing story, and let's go into a couple of our sponsors, UA. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC. THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. So you said that you started to like get more feelings, but like, did you take it seriously at the beginning or was it more just like how women will sometimes get feelings from a friends with benefits situation? Um, I think it was I mean, in the very beginning, you know, you wouldn't know the difference, right? But um, over time, it was definitely different. Like, again, I think if you ask any of my friends, they would be like, it was always different with him. Mm. You know, it it was something that I just could never really let go. And yeah, I always just knew that he was and you know, maybe that's also why we stayed in contact was like, I was just really close to him. And we shared so much in common, which maybe he didn't really see the seriousness of it at the time. But I think looking back, he kind of acknowledged is that you know some of those were there and once the, once you guys had the conversation about not making this serious what happened did you go on to date other people have other relationships um yeah 
the first time we kind of like ended things that lasted a few months, we slightly tried again and then it was kind of the same situation. So ended after that. And, you know, after that, we were very platonic for years. And yeah, I went on to date other people. You know, the story kind of skipping to the end, I guess. Uh, I know Jesse kind of talked a little bit about the Antarctica mm-hmm. trip, but we had planned a trip with friends and I was dating someone at the time who had actually mm. just moved into my house. Oh, oh wow. Um, and was watching my dog while I was gone on the trip. And things had been kind of rocky with us leading up to the trip, actually. And my best friend and I were just like catching up over wine before the trip. And she was like, what would happen if Jesse changed his mind? And I was like, this would never happen. (laughs) I was like, we have been platonic for years. We actually have like a really good friendship right now. Like you're crazy, like absolutely crazy. But it was so funny. She kind of called it um, before the trip. Yeah, because we'd seen each other multiple times over the years and just been, you know, flirty, but platonic. And you guys were talking pretty frequently while he was away at that point. Yeah, but in a really, I mean, for me, it was a very friendship manner. Um, I'm not sure what was kind of brewing in him leading up to the trip. But so why did you have that reaction to your best friend saying asking that? I mean, I think from my own protection aspect, right? Like I had truly kind of let go of him as being in a relationship because I never could see him wanting it. Mm -hmm. He was enjoying Mm -hmm. his travels. Mm -hmm. And I'd even asked him before I was like, aren't you lonely? Like, I feel like people would be a little lonely. And he's like, No, I have new friends all the time. And I'm constantly stimulated with new people and places and things to learn. And you know, I think for my own sake, I had just really really put that aside and was mm. and was fine with it. I really was okay with it. But when he pulled a fast one on me on the trip, I was also like, I would be dumb if I didn't give this a try. So I broke up with the guy who was living in my house when we came home. Wait, re- rewind for a sec. Rewind yeah. for a sec. Because we got to get to that moment. This is like yeah. that... That climax of a movie that we're watching right now, that rom com mm-hmm. where the rom really comes out. So, okay, you guys can lead it out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take us to that moment. You had no idea. You did not expect this conversation to happen at all. Yet, you've had a deeper connection with Jesse this whole time that he's been away. You get on this trip to Antarctica and take us to the moment of the conversation. What exactly went down? I think it was like Christmas Eve. Um, he basically like kind of tricked me into like going outside away from the group and just started talking and laying it out like straight just cut into it and I was just speechless like I think it's like when he proposed like I kind of blacked out so I'll I'll tell you what I remember (laughs) like it was kind of like just caught me so off guard that I don't know my memory of it's actually somewhat a little hazy um I remember he told me that I was like a little hesitant um and you know in all honesty I was worried that he didn't know what he wanted Mm -hmm. more than anything Mm -hmm. like that was my absolute worry of if I really risk all of this and give it a shot, even though I don't didn't think he had any ill intention, but does he really know? Mm -hmm. Right, right. But it was worth it to me to take the risk for him. And so I think I told him I needed to like get off the trip and go home and like be in my own house. So I had like Mm -hmm. a little bit of a clear head because we were cut off from communication basically there. And it was like a surreal world, right? I was like, I want to make sure that like, this is reality that you're talking about and you actually mean this, but kind of gave him a commitment-ish that I was going to try to make it work before we went home. Wait, so when you said you went home, you obviously have this 
guy living yeah. in your place? Like, were you guys like living together in a serious relationship? Like, what was happening there? Yeah, he had moved in maybe a month, a month and a half before the trip. And things had been a little rocky earlier, and I thought we're getting better. And we had a pretty big argument, I think, not that long before I left. I had some really bad, like, trust issues with him, actually. He was losing my trust pretty quickly. And I am like, once that's gone, I can, you cannot get it back. But, you know, I think stepping back, like, I wouldn't have gone home and broken up with him mm-hmm. right then anyways, right? right? But I also, when I stepped back, was like, was he the one that I was going to marry? Probably not. So mm. it's probably worth the risk. Got it. Got it. Because Jesse could be, right? Like, mm-hmm. I have that that feeling that if it worked out well, it would be way worth worth throwing the dice. You took a huge risk right there. How did that conversation go? Um, Which conversation? When I got home? (laughs) Yeah, when you got home. And by the way, did he know anything about your history with Jesse? Not really. Like, Jesse was staying at... Jesse mentioned his birthday party. Jesse actually watched my dog the weekend after that. So, like, April of that year. The Antarctica was December. He happened to be home. And so I had told my boyfriend at the time who I was dating, uh, this guy who I kind of used to date is going to stay at the house when I'm not there and watch Brooklyn. So he knew that something was there and he knew his name and probably knew that he popped up on text now and then. But he we had pretty he had been engaged before and had lied to me about seeing her and other skeletons. So I was just like not overly concerned because to me, Jesse really wasn't a threat. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, I'm just not even going to bring it up given the issues that we've had on that topic. So and Jesse knew about him, I assume. Oh, yes. (laughs) So he took a huge Huge risk, but he did he know that you guys were like kind of on the outs? Like did you share that I'm with him? Not- I don't think he really did know that in all honesty. Uh I've never asked him that. Uh, I don't think he knew. But like some of his friends, you know, knew the guy and I think were like, I think she'd be happier with you, right? So I think he he did a little um, scouting (laughs) for information as well too, so. I love it. He's like nothing is getting in my way. I'm going for it regardless, so. (laughs) Yeah. Feel really terrible for the bystanders. Still a, a good guy. I do feel bad, but ultimately this was what was meant to happen for me and mm-hmm. Jesse, so I'm so glad that it did. I'm going to ask this question for Julie, not Jesse's sister Julie, but our Julie. <laughs> she loves timelines. So you go home, you have this conversation with the ex, well, then boyfriend, now ex. And then what is the timeline between that to him moving out to Jesse moving in, all of it? So I come home, ex picks me up at the airport with the dog, drives to San Francisco, back to our house. I do it within a few hours of being home because we're supposed to go to a New Year's Eve dinner party with my friends and I just can't I can't like fake it the whole night (sighs) so yeah the next day basically I mean he was pretty upset obviously uh, moved his stuff out and then Jesse came back from his travels like two weeks later I think and moved moved straight in Wow, Wow. pretty fast (laughs) and how did the relationship develop from there guess when he first moved in I'm sure there was a moment of like oh my god this is real and then how did it change from um, hmm, let's see if this is really going to work out to you feeling confident that this is this is going to be a, a solid relationship. Yeah, I would say it, take, it took probably a few months to really get the feel of it. I mean, I had barely lived with anyone before. It wasn't very long and I knew he hadn't. He also hadn't really been in many serious relationships. So I had just a lot of deep-seated worries about <laughs> how it was going to turn out across a lot of avenues. But honestly, he just was perfect like straight from the beginning. He, we really don't fight. I mean, even before COVID, since I quit my job, we were traveling. Like, I think we've been around each other 24-7 for like 
mostly a year and a half now. Um, and things are just easy. I don't know why we click very well. I, I've told him before we need to fight more because I just you know, <laughs> want, to, want to make sure that we're both being very clear in our expectations and, and being honest. But And I had a dog at the time too and he'd never had a dog and he moved right in and was like perfect. Like she liked him more than me. Like it was really upsetting. Like he just moved straight in and it was like he was meant to be in the house. Yeah, it probably took a few months before I was really comfortable, but there were never really any red flags or signs that had me worried besides just the you know notions I had in my head of things that would be red flags. Yeah. So it's like once he became ready, he was ready, basically. Yeah. And I, I see that across guys, right? I have other friends too, that it's like the guys are noncommittal to the mm-hmm. point where they're committal. And then it's just, it's done. You know? right. Yeah. The light is on. It's the whole sex in the city <laughs> thing. It's like, their light is on. When it's it really on, is. you get in. And then that's it. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> oh man. Fascinating. Well, let's get Jesse back in here. So then we can, so we can have a little conversation of both of you. Okay. Now we have Jesse and Cassie back. It's like your names are kind of rhyme. They kind of rhyme and yeah. kind of doesn't. It just fits well together. Um, <laughs> there is one question we haven't asked you, Jesse, is did you know that Cassie and her ex were on the rocks no. when you had that convo with her? No. no you had wow. no idea. Our our conversations were I don't I, I wouldn't describe our conversations as getting too deep into like personal relationships. Mm. I would. I don't. I don't think I would ever ask her. Oh, how's your your dating life going? You know, it would be more like let's talk about what's happening in the news. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. You know, is much more just other stuff. Um, so I had no idea. Wait, you knew that she was dating someone, uh, though, absolutely, right? No? Absolutely, but it, but okay, it, okay. it, it honestly <laughs> didn't matter yeah. because I was ready yeah. to go in, put all my cards on the table, and whatever she said, she said. You know, I was I was willing to to risk it. So it was. <laughs> probably a good good timing that she was not you know super fulfilled or happy in that relationship um otherwise it might have been a harder decision on her end i mean ultimately though like if you guys truly are the right people for each other like you know like you obviously wouldn't want to stand in her happiness the way of her happiness if she was with someone else that was the right person so it's kind of like i'm gonna put it out there and if it's meant to be then it's meant to be regardless 100 percent, and that's how the the conversation went in antarctica where i you know brought her out side and it was just spilling my guts out and like you know i'm someone who has usually kept a lot of feelings in i think she said at the time how does it feel to be so vulnerable you know <laughs> it's like because but that's how i had to approach it right it was like i didn't know how she felt and if she, this was crazy to change two people's lives entirely right me not traveling anymore her not in a relationship anymore but that's that's how i was gonna approach it i was gonna say this is a, you know it's sort of like a hail mary like this is how i'm feeling and let me know <laughs> so luckily it worked out and I don't remember this, but Jesse said I asked, "Do you want kids?" as my one my one <laughs> qualifier. <laughs> and what's the answer? After, after she listened to everything I said, and we were making our way back into the boat, um, she hadn't given me a yes or no yet. You know, she was like, "I need to think about it." Smart woman. Yeah. And then right as I was opening the door, and she says, "But wait, you, do you, you do want kids, right?" <laughs> Hey, you got to get the important, Listen, the big questions what? out. 
<laughs> this was not the time to, you know, just slowly get into the thing. This is. I mean, it's a very honest question for Jesse, right? Like, he doesn't like to be tied down. <laughs> yeah. From right. all the facts that I knew, I didn't know if he wanted to do that or be in a relationship where we travel forever and don't ever settle down and have kids. So that was kind of my exactly. one. I need to confirm that we can be on the same page about this and the rest of it we can figure out. I find it so fascinating that you guys were more just not like talking about deep stuff. It was more just like really getting to know each other as friends. And that's how it progressed. Like it is very, it's interesting to me that that's how it went down. Yeah. And and our relationship, our friendship, you know, started as Cassie said, it was just, you know, platonic. And we were just like, ah, here and there we'd chat. But then over time, it grew and it grew to the point where she was someone I definitely wanted at my birthday, you know, so the friendship Mm -hmm. had grown and, and developed uh, from just two people that were sort of staying in touch. I, I got to plot out this, this I don't I don't even know, like Cassie's <laughs> timeline or something, like a vision board um, from like the beginning of you meeting Jesse and now to marriage. Your, your relationship started with you saying, I don't want to be in a serious relationship. I just want to have fun. Let's keep this casual. To then now these conversations about doing life. Do you want kids? And I think that is so interesting interesting is that you're mm-hmm. both different people now from when you first met. And I think that's pr- partly why this works is that you've evolved so much throughout the years. I mean, in some ways, I'm glad we didn't meet each other in college. <laughs> we met each other about <laughs> as early on in our lives as we probably should have. Um, and yeah, I do think and you know, even our interests grew in the same path. And that gave us something that I think we really bonded over too. I mean, you know, the wine part will definitely be a part of our future together and was definitely a huge part in why we kept in touch. I used to look forward to his shipments. I remember one time he sent me a package at work and my all my coworkers knew that this guy would send me wine. And um, this one said it was from Morocco and it was in a weird shaped bag. And so I was like, ooh, wine. And so I like opened it up in front of coworkers and it was like this really nice rug that like matched, matched my room. Wow. And I was so caught off guard. I like hid it under the desk and was like, oh. <laughs> and my best friend was like, like, why would he send you that? The same one that kind of called it out later. Like, why is he sending you gifts? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this was like right after yeah, his birthday why? reunion. Yeah. This was, this was after my birthday. I was in Morocco and Morocco is known for all their, you know, handwoven this and that. Mm-hmm. And, you know... I don't know if it was like a gift for being my first uh, wine club person, you know, <laughs> receiving, doing like a thank you for housing all this wine, or maybe it was just something that I was feeling inside and just, you know, wanted to send her something nice, thinking of her kind of thing. But yeah, that the timeline that was after the, the birthday, um, and it was seven or eight months after that, we go on our, our trip. Wow. But, you know, as she says, you know, we're we're growing, we're, we're changing, but we also realized during this time how much we have in common, which I think is really mm. great from an outdoorsy perspective. We, we love anything to do with hiking and snowboarding and jet skiing and you know, snowmobiling and everything. I proposed to her on um, Everest Base Camp after a 12-day hike. Yeah, tell us about the proposal. Okay. Give us a timeline first. How long had you been dating or living together until you proposed? Yeah, so we had been living together for about a year. I was thinking about proposing. We had a bunch of trips lined up, you know, and I was like, oh, it'd be fun to do it on a trip, make it special. We were going to Burgundy in France uh, in September, so that would have been nine months after I moved back. But then I was like, oh, that might be a little soon. But at that point, I was ready. I mean, there was no doubt in my mind that 
she was going to be the one. And um, it ended up being a year after we went to Nepal for the Everest Base Camp hike. And so I uh, hid this engagement ring um, in my deep in my luggage um, through about four different airports and through oh about 10 days of hiking. Um, and then at the very top, uh, 18,600 feet, I get on a knee. Well, no, no wonder Cassie says she blacked out, be- probably because... It was, it was like elevation sickness. <laughs> like you're... The cold, the elevation, <laughs> and the surprise. I mean, he had hit it very well. I honestly had 0% clue it was coming. He had to have my best friend lie and say that, oh, he'll start to look soon, but it's not looking for rings, blah, blah, blah. So I, I really had no clue. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted it to be a surprise. Yeah, that's how we that's how we got engaged. And then right after that, um, well, actually before that, Cassie had quit her job and we were supposed to be traveling the world in 2020. A la Jesse Nomad. Here we go, round two. As it happened, it you know, didn't work out that way. In March, COVID hit. Um, we had two great months in South Africa. Uh, and then we came home, um, spent some time in uh, Carmel. That's been great, though, because putting aside all the, you know, we have a lot of the same interests and activities, but... It's also been kind of nice spending so much time together, just hanging out at home too. And so. yeah, and we ended up launching our own um, wine blog and website um, where we write about yeah. different <laughs> wine regions around the world. And yeah, we had a micro That's wedding nice. on a vineyard and sort of just yeah, it was beautiful. Nice. In Paso, right? Yeah. Paso Robles, yeah, yeah. So you guys both obviously had such different life experiences, like coming into this. Like, what do you think you both have learned or like brought to this relationship from your respective pasts? <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> ladies ladies first <laughs> jesse's like send a lot of memes and wine <laughs> exactly <laughs> um no you know i think for me it's really a trusting of a gut instinct right i think that's what it came down to for both of us is you can put all these things in your head of pros and cons and overthink things and this and that but i think generally deep down you know when someone's someone that you could see yourself with um and that I don't think I know it never left me even though I had decided I was okay with it not working out that was still there um and so for me you know just never you know never letting that go you know follow your instincts and your your guts yeah um I I am so happy that I had that you know mindset to just say I'm not gonna settle I'm not gonna just find what's easy and you know safe mm-hmm. I'm going to leave the the States. I'm going to go travel the world because then I really learned a ton about myself. You know, you're alone a lot, as Cassie said earlier. You know, you need to be independent. Um, And I think having all those experiences really led me to realize how truly unique it is when you can connect with someone on so many different levels, so many common Mm -hmm. interests and whether, you know, and then switching gears and talking about something very serious that just happened in the news and having the same humor, like all those things and, and being um, aware to realize that I think was, you know, something that came from all those experiences. And then when it was there and it was happening, I knew I had to, to, to do something about it or else I wouldn't forgive myself if I didn't have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if we would be together if you hadn't moved away in some ways i'm really not sure we would Mm -hmm. i think you learned a lot about yourself and we're almost more comfortable with settling down because you've taken the time and then it also pushed us not to have that kind of physical relationship or that easy like oh let's just go do this activity together and then that's that you know and that's Mm -hmm. the end Mm -hmm. so um i'm glad that you listened to yourself and what you wanted to do and needed to do and 
that that kind of brought you to knowing enough about yourself to figure out what you want long term. Yeah, I think that's a really good kind of segue to takeaways from this amazing story that you've shared with us. And I think ultimately, like when you are ready, you're ready. And I think sometimes we want to jump ahead, but we have like life outside of relationships too that help us develop and grow as people. And that's when you become ready. I think like we're all like conditioned to specific timelines of when we need to do things. But ultimately, all of us are kind of individuals and I need to work on our own timelines and discover ourselves. And I love what you said, Jesse, about like, ultimately, like this was just like something I needed in my life. And like, I was ready to take whatever risk to have Cassie in my life. And like, there's all the stuff the all the experiences people can do in life. But ultimately, like the people in our lives really are like so unique. That's like the things you can't reproduce. And my other takeaway is just like solid relationships are built on friendship. And I love Mm -hmm. like just your whole path of friendship. And I can see just from talking to you all, like just how solid that friendship is, even when it's now in the sense of a romantic relationship and marriage. Absolutely. I feel like you two are the epitome of throwing out all the dating rules because you probably mm-hmm. broke all the dating mm-hmm. rules and all the dating books from all the dating experts. Oh, we broke <laughs> you broke all the rules. <laughs> We're not explicitly saying some of them, but we broke them. <laughs> Which is, it just shows that you break the rules to create your own rules. And that's why this relationship works. Mm -hmm. And Jesse, you said something that really, I think, just speaks volumes for your relationship. As you said, I was not ready for relationship. I was ready for a relationship with Cassie. It's about her. It's not just about, oh, all of a sudden I'm ready to commit. Let's find whoever. It's about being with Cassie. And I think that's the important parts that I think love is rare. It is something that we all want and something we look for, but it's not something that you can just get once you're ready for or whatever. So when you do find it, I think a lot of times in dating, we are so scared to put ourselves out there to take a risk and just say, let's sit back and see what happens. <laughs> let's just hang out. Like, let's let's see what happens. Let's see where life takes us. But sometimes when you think a love or a connection that's so rare, it's worth putting yourself out there knowing that you're not tied to an outcome, Mm -hmm. knowing that this could be the worst thing that could happen or the best thing that could happen to you. But all it takes is for you to step forward and put yourself out there. So I commend Mm -hmm. both of you for doing that. The other takeaway I have from this entire conversation is I think we just all have to do it our way. I think I don't want people to listen to this episode and this story and and think, oh, the guy I went on a few dates with who doesn't want to commit to me, I'm just going to wait. And maybe he'll go to Antarctica and like things will get better. I'm just going to wait. Yeah. Like We can't create, we can't create that false hope either. <laughs> exactly. But Ultimately, we can't wait for people. We can't wait for things to happen. But creating your own, making it your own, making dating your own is the way to do it and not thinking that, well, this worked for other people. Well, Mm -hmm. if it worked for other people, doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to work for you. End of the day, we got to follow our gut and following our gut sometimes goes 
against what you've heard from other people too. So kind of like carving out your own way of dating is really, really important. And I think just to add on one thing that you you were saying about like people that are thinking like, oh, I'm going to get the guy that like moved to Antarctica. Like I think the biggest thing that Cassie, you just moved on with your life. Like you weren't thinking like, oh, I'm messaging Jesse to like try to get him back and like have this like whole concoction plan like set up. It was like only in those times when you can kind of be more organic. That's when things play out. It's never when you're like sitting waiting for something to actually play in. I also am not sure it really would have worked out well between us if um, we both, but especially me, hadn't moved on because I think there would have been resentment. And I, you know, I think we would have had to not talk at all and things just would have been more damaging. But we really were able to both say, nope, you know, we have our own independent lives and it's better that we're not together. But there somehow was always just still something to keep us on that friendship level that kind of brought us back together. But we really both definitely moved on with our lives. And I think that really ended up playing out well for us. Uh, For anybody listening to this podcast right now who may be down about dating, maybe they're thinking, wow, I've been in the dating scene for a long time. I'm really looking for a connection, looking for love. I'm just not finding it and I'm getting disappointed left and right. What is some advice you would give to anybody, which is a lot of people who feel really alone in this experience and who feel like they're ready to give up on finding love? Um, My advice would be don't dwell on it. Don't focus on it. It will come. Uh, It'll come because it'll come for for you when you're least expecting it. Instead of being beating yourself up over it, oh, I haven't met the right person and everything, focus on something else. Make yourself um, more interesting. Find a new hobby. Go take up something that you've always wanted to do. Put your mind and energy in such better places. There, there's so many better things you could do with your time and than, than worry about, you know, oh, woe is me and oh, there's not enough good guys and everything. You put yourself out there. You start doing things that you actually want to do. You start loving yourself and start being independent. Well, then there's going to be a good outcome no matter what. Because if you love yourself and then that special someone never comes around, then oh, well, you still love yourself and it's great. I think mm-hmm. being independent and, and, and finding out who you are inside is, is always a important first step there to the puzzle. And maybe it could be a good advice for someone who's kind of struggling and maybe needs to take a step back. Yeah. And I would say definitely put yourself out there. But yeah, what Jesse said, don't focus on it. Um, I would personally redirect my energy towards relationships in general, not necessarily a romantic relationship. Mm. I think you often Mm -hmm. can find partners through that. And even if your eventual partner comes through other channels, you'll need strong friendships to get you through it. So, you know, there are Mm -hmm. other relationships I think that you can focus on and drive a lot of energy into that are also really important. And that time will come, um, as you know, often when you don't expect it. Um, but you know, definitely agree with Jesse. Put your put yourself and your other relationships first, and and things will come. I remember like getting that advice from a friend like that was like when I was like in the thick of like really going on tons of dates them being like you're just trying too hard just like do it it'll come when you least expect it I remember like in the moment I was like oh my god this is the most annoying advice to hear (laughs) but then but then I did do that and that's when I did meet someone when it was totally unexpected and I was just living life and you know all that stuff so I totally agree with you it's just like one of those things like when you're in the thick of it sometimes you're just like oh like why we're always looking 
asking for a solution. And sometimes it really is what you just said is like, how do I build myself up to the person I want to be yet remain open for when someone does cross Mm. my path? That's the challenge, right? Love it. Well, thank you two so much. What is the name of your wine blog? It's called The Wine Scribes. Winescribes.com. We're on Instagram and online. Um, And our ultimate dream is to start our own small label. So um, if you want to follow along, hit us up. If you have any questions, let us know. I love it. It's always good to like find like one connection with someone because I'm sure like every time you are at a winery, Jesse, you're like, oh, I should hit up Cassie. Like it's like an instant (laughs) reminder, like a subconscious reminder, you know? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I want to do one last exercise with you too because I'm just so curious like what you would say to this. If you had to choose one word to describe your relationship, don't say it yet. Just think about it. Think about it. I'm going to give you like a second. And don't say it, don't tell each other. And on the count of three, you're both going to say that word at the same time. I'm just so curious what you would both say. So take a second. Let me know when you found your word. Mine's two. That's yeah, like three in. words. <laughs> <laughs> One I'm word. I'm trying to think of the word to put my two words together. <laughs> it's a mashup. We're probably thinking the same word. We, we had our vowels and we both used the same quote from a song in our vowels. <laughs> oh, amazing. I have mine. One. Two, three. Adventure. Same page and adventure? Interesting. Mm, interesting. Oh, which is kind of the same thing. Right. You're both adventurous, so you're on the same page. <laughs> it was an adventure to get here. You know, life is funny and sometimes it works this way, sometimes it doesn't. I think it's a great story and it's fun resharing it in the podcast community. So For me, our uh, story has changed multiple times, right? But each time we're mm-hmm. always, we're just always in sync and we're always like ready mm-hmm. to change it for each other, but also kind of wanting the same things out of it. And um, I think that's been a really cool adventure for us to to go through together and, um, you know, help push each other in good mm-hmm. ways, but know that we're always going to be supportive and kind of on the same page for what's coming next. Yeah. And excited for future adventures, whatever that may be. Thank you two so much for sharing your story and for opening our eyes to how love can work and the many different ways that love can work in the different timelines that people can be on. So I think this is going to be a really great episode for anybody who's just like, when is it going to be my time, right? (laughs) Um, Also, for anybody listening, if you enjoy this episode, please give us a rating in Apple Podcasts. It really helps us deepen our relationship with you when you give us a good five-star review and it shows our love and your love for each other. So that's where we can find love is in Apple Podcasts, giving us a good review. Is that a good high Pay it forward. (laughs) Drink your wine. Drink your wine. Leave us a review. It's all good. Find your person. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And in true dateable fashion, we're going to wrap this up. Stay dateable. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag StayDateable and trust us, we look at all those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. 
There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.